BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You wanted it. You got it. Shake them ropes unfiltered. No sponsors holding me back. No Jeff Hawkins holding me back. Oh, that's not true. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I, sit down, tyrant. <laughs> My name is Chris Novembrino. I'm the host of Shake Them Ropes. Joining me on the show today is Jeff Hawkins. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Great to have you back. <laughs> you want me back to my own home? <laughs> what are you doing? Did you break in and then all of a sudden, hey, welcome back here. <laughs> you said I could host? Yeah. I'm hosting. Uh, Autocratic you know, tendencies are coming out. Chris I, I, take, take it. No, you know what? Uh, one king, meet the, it's what the who said. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yes, that's exactly how it went down. How the Chris stole Christmas. That's exactly how it went down. Yes. Uh, took a week off to go to Scottsdale. Came home a little early to do a couple other podcasts. Hey. Hey, we didn't we didn't even prepare our best of 2021, which I find to be wastes of time because you forget so much in the 52 weeks uh, in, in the year in review. No, but it, it's impossible not to have a recency bias unless you're going to do this comprehensive amount of research. But like by the end of January 2022 none of you will remember what the best of 2021 was so you know we hope you enjoyed the lawler kaufman uh thing that we put out there there was a lot of work into it i didn't hear anything (laughs) either positive or negative so i assume but but if you're ever wondering why there aren't more of those heavily edited (laughs) research intensive episodes keep that feedback coming You sound bitter. Uh, look, I'll 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 give a little lazy, little lazy river preview here. I guess you know I'll I'll name one thing that I really really enjoyed this year in wrestling, and that was the fact that Tully Blanchard on my national television broadcast got a win <laughs> in a six man against the Luch- against the Jurassic Express. I thought that was fantastic. I liked that. I liked uh, I liked blood and guts except for the ending. That was kind of dumb, and then it didn't lead to anything. But there was a lot of good things in wrestling this year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, 
it's certainly not been an absolute barren desert for the year. I would say it was a down year, generally speaking. Um, if you're an AEW fan, you might take that personally. I'm I'm looking at kind of the bigger picture here of all of the different companies. Ring of Honor going under um, Impact Wrestling sort of being, you know, no, the losing. NWA coming back to the sound of one hand clapping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I, I think maybe the biggest headline of the year for me would be WWE becoming a weird type of B company, but a B company in the sense that while they still have a level production resources, the actual television production has gotten even worse than before. Um, I, I mean, some of these jumpy cuts and some of the editing and some of the way the shows have been shot here in, in the last year have been really bad. And the wrestling is B-level at, at best on, on a weekly basis. Um, I, I like It's weird because it still looks good. It's well lit. They have more money than the the average company. But like when you look at like Ring of Honor, you look Actually, at they're, they're turned towards being lean and mean surprised me quite a bit to be honest with you yeah i mean it's happened at a much faster rate than i anticipated it's almost like they decided it's almost like they decided there's not going to be an arms race in this wrestling war they're gonna they're gonna let aew sign whoever the hell they want and they're just gonna go with their you know 15 or so guys that they really like and that's gonna be it and that's a little shocking to me it, it really it's weird to see I mean, people have been joking about the end of the Wednesday Night Wars with uh, the Undisputed Era and everything this week. It's weird to see that WWE effectively decided to just stop fighting. Yeah. And it's so un-Vince-like. And it's, I mean, that is only in starker relief seeing Vince on television in recent weeks here. And he's still preaching these same gospel of Vince of like, Never have friends, crush your opponents, blah, 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 <laughs> ruthlessness, ruthlessness, ruthlessness. And then you have this going on. It is strange. Um, and what it's resulted is WWE, you called it lean and mean. I I just say they're a lower tier company at this point. I mean, you know, they the wrestling on Dynamite is better. And generally speaking, Dynamite is a better shot show. Um, maybe they have fewer resources in terms of production or whatever, but WWE has more money and puts together some really, really, really horribly acted crap. And they, they put out a lot of notably bad crap this year. They, they, this is the year for me where WWE took a serious step down. And I'm not saying it's their first step down or anything like that. But but like if I'm looking at the headline for WWE, they just became a lesser company over the 2021 year. Don't worry about Veer's coming. <laughs> yes, I, I I have not anticipated someone's arrival since the last time they did this. <laughs> it, it's somewhere between Glacier and Hook for me. Uh, Emelina and uh, Brodus Clay. Yeah, not not a lot of news, but there 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 were some happenings in this past week, week and a half, I would say. Uh, WWE. Trying to kind of uh, go the route of no longer requiring COVID testing for talent, but uh, they're going to go with the CDC thing where you are tested and you are positive. It's only a five-day quarantine as opposed to a 10-day quarantine. 
Uh, some reports that both Sethy, Sethy, <laughs> Seth and Becky were both uh, COVID positive at one point. They've they've taken some precautions to uh, quarantine the top t- talent from day one uh, for this last week, not putting them on house shows or or even on Raw. Coming to Raw, if you notice, they uh, they're kind of working with a skeleton crew this week. Not that you notice, but they were. Um... No, what are you talking? No, I, I, yeah, that was like one of the first things I was going to talk about when I was going to talk about Raw here in a little bit. I wanted to get into that. Oh, you wanted to get into Raw? Um, yeah, no, I had. No, no, what? <laughs> no, no, I, I got a lot. I got a lot. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you're, you're, you're you need, babbling. you need. No, I'm not babbling. Go get candy. Okay. Because Candy he, may need to make an appearance he's here. Missing, he's missing his head, but so are you. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Tony Storm requesting her release from the WWE. Yep. <laughs> How do I put this? Because I know things, but I can't say things on the air. Um, People were kind of gobsmacked by this. But at the same time, it wasn't because WWE wasn't high on Tony Storm. There were plans to continue this charlotte story perhaps perhaps giving tony storm a bit of a makeover uh other plans quote unquote but tony storm said nah, i've kind of had enough can i go and hey given the number of people they cut for quote unquote budget reasons you can't exactly ask for a relation that say no we need you right now <laughs> um i look i think all you need to know is the fact that they blew off charlotte and tony storm on a Christmas Eve edition of SmackDown that nobody watched. That's all you need to know about this. And this is probably a smart move on her part, given the landscape of professional wrestling right now. She will. That's what I was thinking about. I I think that Tony Storm is maybe making an extremely calculated decision here, going that AEW sorely needs someone else who can be an alpha figure in their women's division other than Britt Baker and Tony storm can 100% fit that bill. And she hasn't had a main, main roster contract very long. I mean, it's not like she had a lucrative deal necessarily with WWE. She was just on the roster under a year off of her NXT contract. Well, I mean, I think it's been a long time to get her up and running i mean tony storm the yes. launching of tony storm goes all the way back to the may young classic which feels like ten thousand yeah. years ago at this point <laughs> so i i mean it, it it's not as though she needed to just see how it was gonna play out canny passing through <laughs> here um like so i i think that that's part of it i think the other part of it is this charlotte thing I don't really know how to describe it beyond. It seems bad? like <laughs> what bad. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, and this dynamic with Charlotte with four people who work with Charlotte seems bad, whether it's Nia Jax, Tony Storm, you, na- you name a person. Uh, Charlotte does not seem to be a generative dance partner. Uh, and th- this was no exception. So I think Tony's making the absolute right call. She's selling high. She's taking a risk and betting on herself. And I hope it works out for her. I really do. Yeah, it, it wasn't It wasn't that they, but let's put it this way. Anybody thinking, oh, this is because the company didn't like her. No, uh, that's that's not true. Don't listen to those people. They don't know what they're talking about. 
Uh, a little bit of interest over on uh, Renee Paquette's show on Oral Sessions. Uh, Karrion Cross was on there and talking about his his debut. And he goes, when I went up, they asked me to do the match with Jeff Hardy and put him over. And I was like, sure, that's fine. I do my entrance. I get out there. The ref comes to me and goes, hey, your 10-minute match is down to 90 seconds. Now, you're not going to be able to... <laughs> You're not going to get over getting beat in 90 seconds. Apparently also on that interview, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux burst an implant on, on one of her dark match appearances. And, but she was never going to be scheduled to be put with Carrie and cross. But, but for me, I mean, it, it, it reminds me of the story of when I quit stand up, which was about, you know, I had come Jeff back. already pinned you in a roll up yes. using the ropes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> at the, wow, that's, that's at the crazy. cafe in North Hollywood, California. No, I, <laughs> I, had, I had decided to, to try another run at it. I had done it for like 13 years, quit for a few years and then came back. And I'm, uh, I'm doing this, this uh, I'm doing a showcase type of thing. And, you know, I had a couple of friends who came out, but, you know, I, I was never one who did a bringer, a lot of bringer showcases, which is you bring the audience up. But this guy had packed this this card with like 20 stand ups, all of his friends. And I'm, quote unquote, headlining, but it's like 1 a.m. I'm getting ready to go up. I'm getting like seven minutes, eight minutes, you know, solid set if I want it. And he, and he whispers, hey, Jeff, uh, you know, I, I told you, uh, you had to bring four people and you only brought three. I'm cutting your time by two minutes. I'm like, most of these comics didn't bring anybody F off, you know, kind of thing. And after that, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done dealing with these people now. So I, I, I can feel carrying across on the frustration of getting your time cut. Although this is your debut on a major national television show and you're being told your 10 minute match is being cut down to 90 seconds. Uh, there were other problems. That here, has though. to be, that has to be targeted ribbing. That has uh, to that's be. That's part of it. But the other part of it, which I don't know if the Renee young interview got in, cause I've seen that blur, but I haven't seen anything on this is the outfit, <laughs> the outfit they put on carrying cross. <laughs> was horrible yes uh, yeah it was horrible it was laughable people were coming up with all sorts of different punchlines for the outfit that he was wearing i remember seeing it on my tv screen taking a photo of my tv screen which i rarely do and texting it to cody and going what in god's name is carrie across wearing here uh they destroyed everything that made the gimmick good from Scarlet to sort of his mystique, they started getting into him talking a lot. And the more Karrion Cross has talked, the worse it's always been. And this was Farouk in the and this is when they debuted Ron yeah. Simmons as Farouk. Farouk Assad. Uh, Farouk, Farouk Assad, the modern day warrior. Modern day you're gladiator. Right. Mo uh, well, yeah, modern day gladiator. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then, and then they tried to team with Sonny for the cheap racial heat. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just bad. But uh, speaking of uh, castoffs from the WWE, a couple of debuts in AEW, the dark tapings. One Jake Atlas, aka Kenny Marquez, appearing after originally retiring for mental health reasons, he came back. Tony Khan came out. Who after could have his... seen that coming? Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk about your cynicism in a second. But uh, Tony Khan came out, congratulated him in front of the rest of the crowd on a great debut. I guess he's going to get signed and you now got to kind of think of what could have been because he probably would have been a pillar of this company, especially when they're going hard into the 
uh, inclusionary aspects of, of what AEW was going to be. Uh, he was definitely going to be a part of that. Um, it's interesting now. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit, a little bit about this within the context of it, but you know, of the four pillars of the real four pillars, not including Britt Baker, who is probably actually a pillar. Look, Darby's doing well, but I don't know how much longevity Darby's going to have just being Darby, you know, number uh, you one, know it, it's interesting, right? Is Darby doing well or is Sting a really good pairing for Darby? Yes. That's what I say, too. I don't too. know. I don't know. Right. Right. I, I, I don't know that Darby Darby's promos have serious gaps. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if Adam he Page is a leaves, presence more than anything, I mean, if it, Adam Page leaves something to be desired, Darby Allen leaves more than something a lot of the times when it comes to these promos. Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara, they've improved, but they're not there yet. You know, they can't carry a title or they aren't allowed to for a long period of time. We'll get into that in a second in our Lazy River discussion. But MJF, it's clearly heads and shoulders here. I don't know. I don't know if Jake Atlas wouldn't be more Jungle Boy slash uh, Sammy Guevara right now, because I don't think he can talk too well. I mean, I've heard him cut a promo here and there on NXT, but, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about, well, would he be lost in the shuffle, too? And and I just don't know. I'm I'm happy he's back. I hope, God, I hope that if he did have mental health issues, that they've resolved themselves. If it was just an excuse, like I don't feel like wrestling anymore. If he was a little, if he had a case of the sads versus actual mental health issues, and I hate to be that flipping about. It. I don't mean to be, but you know what I mean. Well, the sads can be really bad, but I totally yes. get, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, like, I, I mean, as someone who, who's had, you know, like stuff that borders on like actual, like real depression, major depression versus yeah, just yeah. being a little but, bit but, down, but, but, but like, I'm all, yeah. But like, I'm also talking about like, uh, uh you know, there, there, there's like another tier of mental health, bipolar, or that sort yes. of thing. Yeah. Yes. Where, where like you really actually need to get things stabilized. And I, and I, I, I am with you. I absolutely, uh, I hope, that uh that the issues are resolved there, there's a little bit of the the kylie ray thing nagging in the back of my head um where i hope it's not wrestling that does this to him um but yeah and also uh just just to move on from that another talent x wwe nxt mercedes martinez making her appearance in aew a welcome addition in my opinion uh, as a strong veteran presence in the women's division who can actually go in a match. And in a new and different heavy from Nyla Rose who can sort of like serve a similar function in the division. Problem kind of being that she's paired with uh, Jade Cargill, who uh, she, uh, that she match stinks. last night. She stinks. She stinks. She's not very good. And she hasn't she been. She hasn't improved uh, to the point she, where she can carry a match. She's the ultimate warrior. She's the ultimate warrior. I said, if she I were said the, the ultimate warrior, she could at least get over on no, two or three moves in 30 seconds. That is true. It, the, the, ultimate, the ultimate warrior, Some of the genius of some of those matches is at least the gorilla press looked good. It's what you knew what the ultimate warrior couldn't do, and you knew what he could do. Yeah. I don't know what Jade Cargo can do at this point, and that's the problem for me. 
I like her. I think she has a great presence. I think she does way too much posing. Somebody, somebody, somebody has been through the WWE system and has decided this is the way to train people at times because she is doing far too much posing for the There's camera. There's no charm to me with the smart Mark Sterling and Cargill dynamic, at least down ringside. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, like, they don't have, they don't have that great manager-wrestler chemistry thing going on. Yeah, one's too goofy and one's too serious. Yeah, and, and there's not there's not enough give and take between the two of them mm-hmm. either. It's all like Cargill, like, listen, you little, because like, there, and while it can be a little bit of that, there has to be something that Sterling is doing some sort of hook. You know what I mean? Like he's got to have a leverage point too. It's too one-sided and and, and it's just one side of the point of not having a magic for me. Yeah. I, I was, I've never, I've rarely been frightened watching a performer. He was someone, but when Jade Cargo left her feet, when she was supposed to be planted to catch Thunder Rosa, I got a little nervous. Uh, yeah, I, Look, if, if Mercedes can train her, because I think she was doing a little bit of training. Look, if, if Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez take Jade five days a week and do matches with her day after day after day. That would be the most matches she's had in her career. Exactly. And it might do something. I, you know, it's just, I don't know what she's doing day to day. And I can't, I can't speculate because I don't know. So it's, it's just one of those things, but uh, that's the limited news bag I have for this week. Let's, let's, uh, Let's preview a very interesting pay-per-view concept because WWE now wants to make this a yearly thing. And they want this to be like a big four pay-per-view. And I don't know. (laughs) Has anybody ever talked to Vince and go, Hey Vince, do you know what's going on in America around new year's day? How can you have two of your big four pay-per-views happen in the same same month? month? Exactly. Like, like what, what kind of sense does that make? And like, they're both going up against Wrestle Kingdom, which I know is not a direct competitor, but like, just, just no. They're going up against no. the NFL. They're the going NFL. up against college football. Well, the, the Rumble is. The Rumble goes up against the, the NFC Championship, I think. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah, right. But Playoffs. college football reigns in America around the new year i'm sorry it, it, it's not always going to be on january 1st it depends on the day it's going to be on it might be on you know another day if it's on a weekend i guess but it's it's just it to me it's just like what, what are you thinking here especially three weeks before the the three weeks before the the pay-per-view that's supposed to kick off your quote-unquote peak season but rumble to, to mania is where the money is. Why, why do you want a big event on January 1st to then lead to the rumble? I, I don't get that, but well, I, I mean, and I don't get how I just, I don't get it. Right. Like, like this is a company that's really kind of trading on keeping casual fans at this point and really devoting your new year's day to WWE. Watch more crap. <laughs> it, it, it involves being kind of passionate about crap watching. Uh, like you, you have to be sort of a passionate watcher of such things to want to do it on New Year's Day. <laughs> uh, Chris, did you watch Raw? Oh yeah, I loved it. It was great. 
I didn't watch it. Uh, oh, you, you, you didn't. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I read well, about it. No, no, no I'm going to. Okay. Well, that's all right. Look, sometimes, sometimes that happens to me too, buddy. <laughs> um, let me, let me get up the raw results here. We can go through it together. I love this show. <laughs> I would say this is one of the hottest shows of the year for me Chris, personally. Chris, people don't know. So just tell them what you told me pre-show, please. Yeah. So we are doing a new segment this week, which is called Chris reads about raw. Uh, which is predicated on the notion that I did not watch Raw, and I mean, we'll see if I it, we'll see if I regret that, and that that's sort of the premise. We're gonna keep reading about Raw until I regret not having watched one of these shows. So I might be doing a lot of reading here in the future. Um, I'm gonna try and pick these winners without knowing. What, yeah, yeah, what we're, we're gonna, to we're go gonna do that too. I'm, I'm so I'm reading this to you. Um, I have not watched this. So we're going to find out together, but I'm going to obviously know the results. So Randy Orton and Riddle entered as the announcers ran down tonight's show. Um, that, so that was very exciting. All Riddle's, right, I'm cutting this off. This is no, you are not, you are not cutting. No, you're not cutting this off. I'm continuing. I'm plowing through you. So match number one, Hawkins. Riddle goes up against Chad Gable. I want you to guess who won, but I also want you to try to guess the match length. Uh, I, I I will guess probably somewhere in the two-minute range, and Matt Riddle won. Matt Riddle wins in four minutes. Four minutes, uh, okay. Next, we have Randy Orton, and he goes up against Otis. So you've already figured out what this story is. It's the two singles matches for the tag team that will ultimately face off. Who wins in this match? But it's not or even the tag team that will ultimately face off because they're facing the Street Profits at day one. Um, I don't know. Maybe. The story is, I guess, Otis doesn't have a neck. So Randy can't do the RKOs, supposedly. But then I, I guess, because uh, I read about this, uh, he did the RKO. So I'm, I'm thinking... <laughs> Randy obviously beats Otis here in another four minute match. And then there's a beat down afterwards. Uh, nope. Uh, Orton ends up defeating Otis in three minutes and 28 seconds. And Close then, enough. yeah. And then after the match, Orton like joke teases that he's going to give Riddle the RKO. So we, okay, let's go through this day one card. Shall we? <laughs> no, Veer Mahan's coming. I'm not done here. Uh, I'm not done here. I'm not done here. We hey, had a Reed, okay. Here you go. Skip to the edge Miz segment so we can do that part of. Okay, oh. who won between the Street Profits and Dominic and Rey Mysterio, Jeff? I'm so guessing smart. the Street Profits since they're going for the tag team titles. Okay, nicely done. Fine. Uh, we're skipping ahead. AJ Styles defeats Apollo Cruz. That, that might be a good match. I might that actually might that. that might have been okay. Uh, Commander as is was there. Um. <laughs> Wait, aren't they aren't they doing a they're doing an AJ versus almost feud? And he all now he has to face Aziz to get to oh oh my god. They I told you this, Chris. There can only be one giant at one time. And having two of them means one of your giants is gonna get sacrificed and it's gonna be as is. Yeah, and at some point, uh I guess Grayson Waller showed up here. Um oh yeah, because they're doing the NXT crossover and now they're desperate for fans there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it turns out that when you get rid of everyone interesting on the show and replace them with people who can't really wrestle. All right, enough of this. Read no, about the edge. The, you the have list. you have no patience, and you act like we had such a loaded show here today. <laughs> like, like that, this is there was just dynamite. There was jam packed like an episode of dynamite. We had to you know cut and move past everything. Um, 
where is the edge thing? I don't know. What what, what what's the edge thing? It's what the is it? is the Miz renewing his vows with Maurice. Oh, okay. So Eric Bischoff is there. And <laughs> for no reason. For, for no, no reason. reason. And like, I don't know, who cares? Uh the brute music goes off and black liquid drops from the ceiling, covering Miz and Maurice and Bischoff. And Edge laughed as the show ended. <laughs> Your go home segment. Where, oh my god! I just <laughs> what are we doing? They were they're just they're hot. that was a hot show. Oh yeah, hot show. Well, one of the hottest shows of the year. Well, day one pre-show match, pre-show, Chris Cesaro and Ricochet on your pre-show as a tag team against Ridge Holland and Sheamus. Ricochet re-upped with this company. Can you believe it? Uh, who do you like and why is it Rich Holland and Sheamus? It's got to be Rich Holland and Sheamus, Jeff. And I'm going to say because. Is it, it can Rich Holland and Sheamus coexist? No, I mean, I think the question is we got to see what what kind of upside this Sheamus guy has. <laughs> can we see how it plays out with Rich yeah, Holland? Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it plays out with Rich Holland. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Because we're not seeing how it plays out with Cesaro. We didn't. And oh we're not going to see how it plays out with Ricochet. Cesaro, Ricochet, go kill yourself for the kid. And then get pinned by Sheamus. <laughs> What's going to be? Uh, RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle against the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team titles. Has to be RK Bro, right? RK Bro, yeah. Well... I just the only reason I'm hesitating is that my assumption is that when RK Bro loses the titles, it will be kind of a surprise and Orton will lose his shit on Matt Riddle. I think they save that for a raw or something. I think okay. Riddle ends up I think Riddle ends up eliminating Randy from the from the rumble. Uh, and then we okay. and then we get to the mania match. That's my thinking. In a main event in no arena anywhere, Drew McIntyre against Madcap Moss. They put this on a pay-per-view. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I like Drew McIntyre a lot, but it's time to pull the trigger on Madcap Moss. (laughs) (laughs) Will Baron Corbin come in and cost Drew the match? That's the only question here. I say no. I say Drew McIntyre (laughs) wins in a fun-filled Oh, there are people who we want them to pay for this stuff. Becky Lynch, your champion versus Liv Morgan in the worst women's <laughs> title build ever, possibly for the WWE Raw women's title. Liv you know, Morgan is not winning. Liv. I mean, what in what world? I, I get look, she's been a they did the whole she's been a WWE fan all her life, which makes her a geek. Makes her a geek to most people, and I, I just don't see Liv she Morgan. She got the comic book treatment, right? Like, did she? Did she got like a comic book vignette, right? I think. Or is it someone else? No, that's Zia Lee. That's Zia Lee. Okay, that was cool. The 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 one that she got in NXT was real cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Liv Morgan's got. I remember that she's had the whiny thing and the cryy thing. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it, yeah. No. The only uh, reason they give this to Liv Morgan is if Becky Lynch is going to win the Rumble, and I hope not. Well, okay, no, hold on, hold on. What if uh, 
Bex has issues because of COVID-19. That could and, be it. And, and, they, and they actually do end up giving it to Liv Morgan, even though the plan was probably to not give it to her. Here's what you do. You have Liv Morgan beat Becky, and then on Raw, have Charlotte come out and just beat Liv. <laughs> that does seem to be the way Charlotte Flair that was booking pattern that. operates. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. They do that, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, we don't have any stars. Better go out there and let Liv lose in 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> although i could uh, you know what i could see live winning you know what i could see if becky has covid then, then they bring out bianca belair and then she beats live morgan in like 30 seconds <laughs> just like just like wrestlemania that, that's how bianca's getting her or heat SummerSlam. back you see yeah yeah sure and then everything old is new again it's great uh, edge versus miz oh <laughs> Edge hasn't been looking uh, edgy lately. Um, he looks his age, and, and we got a guy who works one style. You get a Miz match. I don't know. I think Edge wins. It's fine. I, I think Miz wins in some fluky thing. Based how about off the, of, oh, how about this? How about Maurice interferes? Interferes, yeah. And, and, then we get mixed, the and then we get a mixed tag at Mania. Beth. With Edge and Beth versus Maurice and Miz. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, so I think Miz wins here. That, that'll get tickets for second night. Oh, uh, man, that's going to put butts in seats. Yep. Uh, the, <laughs> in, a, in a never before seen match for the tag team titles for WWE SmackDown, the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso versus the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. This is a fresh pairing. So, fresh you know, lo, lo, no, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs here. Like, you know, you can't complain because, hey, the Midnight's and the Rock and Rolls fought all the time and the Midnight's and the Fantastics fought all the time. It's going to be a fun match. No, it's it's not that. I, I, I mean, it's just it's going to be a fun match. This is not that interesting or fun of a story. No, it's not. It, it's all going to tie into the bloodline somehow. If this was a fun story, dude, no, like these guys, these guys have good enough chemistry that I'm with you. Like the midnights and the fantastics or whatever. You can just do it. And it's always good. Um, but there's just not a fun story right now. And the bloodline story has gotten convoluted and boring and, and you don't, it's not like you can't wait to see what's going to happen next or what's the next twist and turn. And what was originally supposed to be a two-way and then a three-way, and now it's a four-way for the WWE Championship. Big E taking on Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley. And I think they changed the title. I do. I think Bobby Lashley's going out with this title. Maybe so. Uh, unless, unless the whole thing, I mean, look, I, I could see Biggie retaining and this four way is just window dressing to get to Biggie and Bobby Lashley for mania. This four way is the exact sort of short title reign padding victory that you do as a prelude. Yeah. To taking the belt off of Big E. So I think Big E prevails here, but his title reign is sadly not long for this world. No, and it's going to be Bobby Lashley to take the title from him. Like, like somehow Big E. Yeah, pins- okay. So the real story here is who gets screwed out of winning this match because they're going to be the one to ultimately continue on in the feud with Big E. I think Bobby Lashley gets screwed somehow yeah. by Seth or Kevin, and then Seth and Kevin, you know, who are kind of the. 
they're kind of the knucklehead B villains here. I, I think somehow they cost Bobby the, the title and one of them gets pinned. And then maybe those two also go off onto their own thing. I'm mildly impressed with how boring Kevin Owens as a heel is right yeah. now. For for a guy who I think is an unbelievably interesting and great wrestler, uh, this this is perhaps the most boring run he's ever done. And then finally, in what should be a Paul Heyman on a pole match, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal title. All the drama, and apparently this will be happening at the show because they quarantined all three of them saying that they had to be at this show. All the drama will be about who is Paul Heyman really with Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Chris, will we get an answer at day one and who will it be? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say, no, we don't get an answer at day one. I'm going to say it's time for the great reset. I think, I think Heyman goes with Brock. Because Brock ain't exactly lighting the world on fire as a baby face, in my opinion. He's funny, but he's unnatural in the position, in my opinion. And I think we get a Roman Reigns goes off into the wilderness to think about what he's done for a while. I, I mean, I think that that feels the most set in stone here with Omicron sort of flaring up Roman yep. Reigns' issues with leukemia and... Well, again, not to get too lost in the weeds on this, and I'm not a medical professional. Well, Omicron is no, but there are a lot of people on the Internet who pretend to be one every day. So I just thought I would I would mention that as a refreshing change of pace from a lot of the pundit class. Uh, So while it does seem to be less serious, it does seem to be much more prevalent. And for someone like Roman Reigns, who has had leukemia here in the last five years, that should be more than enough to give him pause on kind of continuing his run right now and being in the general public. Um, I, I wouldn't blame him at all if he, he was going to drop the belt right here. And so I, I guess my prediction would be based on that. Works for me. We'll see what goes on on January 1st. Uh, I'll be I'll be reading about it before I watch anything. Um, <laughs> I never miss a show. Yeah. Uh, and now, as if this show wasn't already a lazy river of wrestling criticism, we open up. The lazy river of wrestling criticism. Anything from actually the past two weeks, because we were off last week. Chris wants to discuss. Chris would like to read the rest of his raw breakdown. I'll I'll, I'll listen to it without interrupting. Oh, 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 will you? Oh, can, <laughs> can you? Can you? Uh, yeah, You're up a, first, Chris. No, I'm I'm done with that, pal. I'm done with that. You, you, you. <laughs> You you missed the trolley. You you had it. You had it in your hands. You, you threw it away. It's fine. It, it's really fine. Um. So here, I'll start with this. This is kind of like I guess a weird slam, but I'll I'll, I'll go in this place. I can't get into best friends, dude. Like I just like don't. Okay. As a team, they just don't do anything for me. Um. And I didn't think that this match, this main event here on Dynamite was. There's nothing to like say that was notably bad, but all like their baby face pep spots or whatever, nothing. nothing. And it, it it just feels like got to give the people, people what, what they, they want, want is their big spot in the match. Um, and, and so this main event, while I appreciate that this is a story about the heels, it just made me sit around and think once again, man, the best friends, 
they're they are they're Denny's man. They're on the street down the road for me. They're a place to go, but they're nothing special. They'll give you a lot of food for cheap. You have to wait a little while to get it. Uh, it's not it's not craft food. Perhaps, you know, it's made with some care, but not a lot. I just think they're overexposed. I, I do. I, I mean, it, it'd be great to have Orange Cassidy once every two weeks, maybe once every three weeks, but we're getting him every week, sometimes twice a week. You're like, okay. And getting him every week, and there's no additional characterization from yes. really the, the there's Jericho no feud. There there's has no been no, here. there's been no arc since he tossed Jericho into the lemonade. Yeah, the arc is they joined Chaos, and we got Rocky Romero, and we got Ashii for for a couple of shows. That that's that's the arc right there, and it feels like this, it feels like this best friends arc has gone on forever, and it hasn't because there was a feud with the Hardy family office. <laughs> so you stand up and lift up a cat. There's just, <laughs> there's just so there's cats everywhere. You like you don't even realize that there's cats upstairs. There's cats below me. <sighs> To the left, to the right, I have cats all over the place. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, and and then you have such the, it's like nobody really wonders why Chris Statlander's hanging out with these guys, you know, and she's an alien, I guess, still. I'm waiting for that thing to change, although I'm kind of liking the Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander thing. Somebody brought up a, a, a an interesting point is that they are the, uh, they are the anti, I guess, team taz so to speak like like hook is like the anti orange casty you know he he's he's all intensity as opposed to orange who's just kind of lackadaisical type of thing and so that layla hirsch is the perfect pick because she's the anti chris statlander and i kind of dig that a little bit uh i'm hoping for it actually uh okay do you have something to add no, no, I was just like thinking about that. That is interesting. Like Hook is the anti-Orange Cassidy, but like I'm now it's now got me thinking about like if Hook was actually in a match with Orange Cassidy, I don't know how the crowd would actually process that. Because I don't think they're gonna boo Hook. I guess it would just be a both these guys situation or something. The move that would make everybody go ape and this might peek into something I wanted to talk about in the lazy river, but now I won't. But like if orange Cassidy, no sells a big move from hook, like hook did the Rikishi driver on bear Bronson, which was ridiculous. I don't care if he's Tass's kid. You already have one guy who's no selling moves in sting. There shouldn't be a second guy and it shouldn't be a kid who's 180 pounds is on a second match. I'm sorry. No, no I, you now actually have me sort of mildly dreading a section where Hook and Orange Cassidy are doing no moves, doing like brain busters to each other and no selling them. <laughs> like, like, That's what and, I want. There. And, and, and then I, I get on Twitter and I, and I see a bunch of people going like, this is great. This, this is, is a six star match. Yeah, this is so funny. Like this is, this is hilarious. And it's like, no, it's actually not like, like the, this, they're just doing like they're doing T-bone. Task plexes and brain busters and pile drivers. Avalanche and, brain buster from yeah, the top rope. brain buster. They just stand up. That's what we want. That's that's what we we're viewing this for. I am going to go into Rampage from last week. Uh, as mentioned before, Cody Rhodes beating Sammy Guevara for the TNT title on Sammy's fourth defense, I think it was. 
And for me, the big picture here is that that pinnacle versus inner circle feud was not well thought out because we now had 10 people who were kind of listless for a good four to five months after blood and guts was not the end. Or Ortiz, uh, the proud, powerful guys, really. I like, I saw them with Eddie Kingston. I was just like, Oh, Oh, those guys, they're back. Yeah. They they were adrift for a while. Sammy was adrift. FTR was adrift. Uh, Wardlow and, and the chairman and even MJF to respect. It was kind of like, well, what are you going to do with these guys? Because they decided not to end the pinnacle, the, the inner circle feud with blood and guts. They went right back to it two weeks later with a lose with a, if, if they lose, they have to break up thing and then they win. Well, and then like, worst of all, that whole in so far as there was a story, there was a Sammy dropped the ball and then Sammy totally redeemed himself story that was supposed to build into him having some heat. He got this title. He got four defenses out of the title and, and drop a ball again and drop and dropped it to Cody Rhodes. And I, I just like, I don't think that this helped Sammy. It and didn't I don't help think, Sammy. That's, it that's didn't help Sammy. I, I just like, I keep going back to that. And I know, and he is his best promo work is with the sign cards. And I don't know how you sign card the story you'd want to tell coming out of this. Part of the problem was the feud for the title with Miro was about Fuego del Sol being his friend and Fuego's no offense to Fuego del Sol, but he's, he's a dark guy. He's not, he's not an important enough character for me to care about Miro killing quite frankly, to then get to Sammy and Sammy then defeats him for his friend. But then we don't elevate Sammy as a champion of any kind. He just kind of does a few matches and, and that's it. He does. He never really cut a promo for it. And- I mean, if anything, the whole Sammy game, the title thing was about getting Fuego del Sol his car back. Yes. But like, like, the easiest way of understanding this story is that like Fuego his used car back. By yeah, the way. <laughs> his, his idiot friend gambled the car that he won on a low percentage title shot. Yes, he bet on himself, but like, don't bet on yourself if you're probably going to lose. Um, you know, bet, don't bet, bet on yourself if you suck. Yeah, don't bet on, <laughs> bet on the other guy if you suck. Like, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, no, don't do your best. Do his yeah, best. He's yeah, better yeah, than you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Bet accordingly. Come on. Do your best, but bet accordingly. Uh, MyBookie.ag, not a sponsor this week. Please. Not sponsoring. Yeah. Use the code ropes over there. Yeah, yeah. I can give you the. I can give you games that are actually occurring this week if you're interested. Mm. Uh, ooh. Um, <laughs> but but uh, no. So I, I I just think like the Fuego del Sol story really is the only thing that was holding together Sammy's title reign. And once he got Fuego his car back, I guess that was the redemption. Now, now let's go to the other side of this tale. The Cody Rhodes story. Okay. I'm not into the shirt. I, I don't like the shirt. Winner or was it? Uh, heel, heel, heel baby, baby face, face winner. winner. I, I think it works now that he's hitting you over the head with it, with the subtlety hammer with the, am I, am I not going to turn type? Yeah. Of thing? It, 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 and the promos it, it, he's doing the WWE subtlety hammer of like, I'm not sure if I'm a baby face, I'm a tweet. Like I just, it, 
I think it would have been more gratifying if it came like a thief in the night. That's is all Dan saying. Lambert a helper or a hindrance on this whole thing? Because that whole thing is about how unlikable Cody is. I thought it was so weird having Dan Lambert be the vehicle for all of that. Yeah. I, I, I really was scratching my head over the choice of Lambert against Brady Rose beyond beyond the actual content of the promo and you know problematic language or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't. I I, 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 I the, my my issues with it started way before either Brandy or Lambert opened their mouth. It was I was just like looking. I'm like, really, Dan Lambert's going to be the truth to power guy here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, you could have done this without the misogyny and could have just talked about Brandy and Cody as opposed to the crass cheap stuff and then we get into the actual content which i to your point um so i dude i don't i don't really think the i don't think it's possible to earn the misogyny um uh, I don't or either. yeah I, 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 no no not and, and in this one it was on it, it, it even if it was earnable which again i'm making clear i don't think it was um i don't think it was necessarily useful because it made lambert a heel and put sympathy on Brandy when, like, uh, if you take the subtext of Cody Rhodes's heel babyface winner thing, he's like saying, "I'm like a soft heel right now." Like, like the subtext here is like, "I am turning heel subtly." Um, like I'm a dick. I'm a winner. Here's um, my other problem. I don't that- see why Brandy needs to be getting sympathy. Brandy's promo wasn't very good. I agree. Uh, and if you look at it, if, if you w- go back and watch Brandy Rhodes promo against Jade Cargill when, before she got pregnant, it's the same verbiage to start with, which is scary because because they decided to bring out the same character again. That got the when she came out like this with Jade Cargill, she got praises, including from me because I really liked it. It was the same opening line too. Who told you that this was open mic night tonight, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, oh man, this is the same promo that she cut against Jade. And it was cool then, but now it's like, she's just recycling the, I'm uh, you're a black belt. I'm a black bitch. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't. Why is Ethan Page not doing the talking for this since Ethan Page is the actual talent here and can talk? That's, that would that's be my good. question. I mean, that's the other problem with the Lambert stuff, right? Like, the America's top team thing has really just been all about Dan Lambert, and it's not that he's In bad. retrospect, it's the worst thing that ever happened to Scorpio Sky breaking up SCU. Yeah, it's certainly not helping him. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. Thought, oh, here comes his singles push. Yeah, no, oh. it, it, absolutely stalled out and, and and right now especially against adam page scorpio sky would be a wonderful dance partner for adam page he'd bring out like yeah. all the things we love out of adam page you're, you're not gonna you know have to drop the belt to him but he'd be a wonderful title defense program for him um but yeah no instead he's been just sort of stuck in lambertville and it's clear like they like People in the company like Lambert because Lambert is their proxy for certain commentators in wrestling named Jim Cornette. Um, <laughs> uh, for them to like I sort of. My, my partner on the Dynamite show wondered if that was 
an ad lib because they were he was wondering if Brandy blew the line and she was supposed to come out and say low rent Jim Cornette as opposed to low rent Paul Heyman. I was so confused by that because when she said Paul Heyman, I was like, why would you why say would you that? Bring attention why, to the guy no, the other why would you say? Well, not even that. People like Paul Heyman. Yes. People enjoy Paul. Heyman. I know that he plays the heat, but people enjoy but people the like Paul. him. People yeah, like they him. like him. Cornette, that audience, that AEW audience hates Jim Cornette. Yes. Hates him. Uh, I And so then when Lambert said it, but then pivoted back to speaking truth to power about Cody. It was just, it was poorly done. It was poorly done. Don't get me wrong. The, the transformer line was funny. I laughed at that. <laughs> I'm, But again, it's funny in the wrong ways. Yeah. The wrong people say like Dan Lambert should be a reviled character who gets booed every time he comes out there. Constant heel, never says a good thing. Always a piece of crap. Um, having him come out here and say not just any old true thing, but like ha- capital D capital T deep truths about Cody Rhodes that like no one has said on camera in the narrative universe yet. Um, and going that that deep in the truth on Cody, I baffling to me, baffling. He was such the he was so the wrong candidate for this. It should have been a strong baby face. Your turn on the river. Um, my turn on the river. Uh I on one hand like that they are using the history of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. On the other hand, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like they sort of like are rushing into it as well. And it also seems like they pivoted from the original story, which is they were all going to turn on Bobby Fish. Okay. I, I want to know why, we, why we're having Kyle O'Reilly cut a promo on this show. Well, we know he's not a very good promo. That promo was bad on Wednesday. Yeah, I know we used to have heat in the other place. And I know that Bobby Fish has my back. I just want... <laughs> he made Von Wagner look like the look like the charisma of the duo there. I just who who is a weaker promo, Brian Pillman Jr. or Kyle O'Reilly? Pillman Jr. was good this week, at least. Pillman Jr. was he, not okay. So he's divisive. I think I like him. I, I okay. There are things I that I hate this week. I, I hated the pa- the pandering on the city thing, and also like the I have absolutely no idea what my father, who was heavily documented and videotaped, and whose career very much happened on television, is like. That line was very weird. <laughs> I have no idea what my dad was like. Like I'm like, dude. Like like you look like him. You have the same haircut as your dad. Come on, like. Is that an accident? At least being passionate, just woke up with a mullet one day. At least being passionate about his friend getting hurt by Malachi Black. And sure, we're we're towing into the knocking on the door story from WWE with him with the promos. I get that. But he was at least passionate about something and passionate about, you know, hey, next week be back here, you know, that kind of thing. That was kind of cool. What has Kyle O'Reilly been passionate about anything in his promos? Well, you see, in the other company, him and Adam Cole had a lot of heat. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the punchline is the same as the setup. It's it it Donald comedy for you right there. Yeah, so I guess <laughs> this thing was just this was some community theater shit. It's it was bad, man. Uh, it it's bad, and like I, you like, know, I like Red Dragon as a tag team. They just need a spokesperson out there, I, man. I I like the. I think even you just let fish do most of the talking. It's fine. Don't even talk. Just glare. Just glare. Yeah, they don't, and Cole. they really don't. They don't have to talk. I actually, I think it would be fun characterization if like they had arrived and like they're tagging with Cole, but like Cole mentions to the Bucks, he's like, no, we haven't actually talked. And like yeah. the Bucks are like, what do you mean? And he's going to be like, we have not talked. And there like, are, there are two ways to do this. Either <laughs> we have not talked or they have no memory of what happened in NXT because that was a different universe. It's like, Hey, you turned on me. I don't remember that. I don't either. Huh? <laughs> I, I also just thought, frankly, then we get to the narrative structure of this, right? So we, we're talking about setup and delivery. Um, and, and in this case, the punchline can't be the same thing as the setup. So the setup here is, Kyle O'Reilly wants to know if Adam Cole is going to have his back tonight. He's getting in Adam Cole's face on this. Then the story of the match with best friends was one. O'Reilly did have Adam Cole's back. He makes that save midway through the match where he actually pushes Adam Cole out of the way and he ends up taking like a clothesline or something. Um, later in the match, there's a miscue. That miscue is not actually sort of sitting in any sort of tension with the earlier setup here. Um, Adam, Adam Cole was just like in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it's not like O'Reilly didn't have Adam Cole's back. He did. He just ended up hitting the wrong guy with the ax and smash or whatever it was. <laughs> I, I don't, they, they got the names for these moves, Hawkins. I know. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Your use turn. this. Yeah. I'll use this as my last one because we, we've been lazy enough and, uh, you know, we got content this week. We're fine. We'll, we'll wait for, we'll wait for the new year when things are on TBS and things are exciting for AEW and we got battle of the belts next week. Although it might be battle of one belt because everything else is going to be on Wednesday because man, that Wednesday shows a big one. You got, you got Danielson and hangman again, you have the Lucha brothers and jurassic express it's gonna be a pretty damn good week next week so we'll just we'll just have a little cigarette here and uh you know just kind of relax a little bit nxt 2.0 malcolm bivens is a godsend can we just put over this guy as just being so fantastic carrying what would be normally be just a just another dreadful contract signing segment uh, the the whole thing taken from airplane of yes I speak jive where he's translating for Roderick Strong and then translating Roderick Strong for Carmelo Hayes and uh and uh, what, what's the name of the guy that's with Carmelo Hayes these days oh uh Trick Williams is that it Trick, Trick Williams I was about to call him Tate Trick Reed. Williams is I was a like star. about to make up a name Trick Williams is a damn star if he can if he can put one foot in front of the other in the ring one of these days because 
That that's dude. a run. That's a running issue, though. In this yeah. new NXT, this new NXT, oh, this, new work, NXT is... this new NXT's work stinks, dude. It's, it is it so is, bad. It is a federation of big bully Busics, <laughs> or not big bully Busics, but was it uh Bruiser Bedlam's? Who who was the guy? It was one of those two that that Cornette said couldn't put one foot in front of the other. But my God, you watch those. You watch 205. And it you might be. Busick, Busick's not a bad retro example. Like Von Wagner and a lot of these guys very much have. Wagner in particular. Like Wagner is just lost in there. He looks big. He looks the part. Yeah. But like does not know how to wrestle. There are no good wrestling instincts going on there. Are um, they just doing drills or are we teaching storytelling there, guys? Come on. Uh, I these guys aren't re- like Grayson Waller and Odyssey Jones. That Lash, ma- whatever her name is, could, could do Lash. a simple elbow. Oh, oh, T- and Tiffany uh, Stratton. She oh did her debut, and yeah. she stunk. She, I, they, she stunk so bad that all they could do was show the finishing move because she duffed the setup move, which was like this quintuple handspring cartwheel whatever and she doesn't even come out of it gracefully she gets to the end like stops and then does a forearm um I, it was they're, they're doing creative wrestler stuff yes for, for wwe2k whatever when they should just be hey you know what let's let's go for a back body drop let's do a suplex let's do a clothesline let's see if we can get through those now what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to do a flip here. I'm going to jump off the top rope, jump onto the it, third rope, really... do a suplex, catch him up in a back body drop, and then end up in a Tiger Driver 1978. It, it is the wwe of indie wrestling in the sense that, like, all these developmental talents are learning is how to do their high spots their wwe assigned five high spots and that is it and and you're completely right what should be happening is arm drags basic suplexes snap suplexes the occasional german suplex here's how you work on an arm in a match you know arm work Leg work. Let's work on a selling limb. emphasis. Yes. Make that the story and do it as opposed to, well, hey, we're going to do more tumbling drills today, guys. I mean, and, and to your point, you're kind of hard pressed to watch this show and see from like a developmental standpoint what we're trying to develop. I'm not saying who we're trying to push. I'm saying what we're trying to develop in right. one of these matches. Like you don't see the leg work match. And I remember back in the day when we would review NXT and there'd be the match that was focused on limb work. And it was basically like a clinic for limb work. Um, and, and you know, the tag match and stuff like that. I just, I don't see it with a lot of these people. They I have like- decided that personality is the main factor here. And while it is, it, you dude, you can't you can't, you can't WWE WWE likes to run three four hour shows, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yes. If it was a one hour show, you're absolutely right. You can get away with personalities. Yes. If if our pay per views were 90 minutes, you could do it with personalities. You'd need to have a good match somewhere in the middle there, maybe two good matches, but you could get away with that. WWE likes two hour, three hour shows, and somewhere along the way in that two or three hour experience, someone has to friggin' wrestle. 
Someone has to actually like do a good wrestling match, and it doesn't happen on WWE television. Like the year in review for WWE now is it's like personalities, insofar as WWE has a vision of what personalities are. Um, and these personalities are somewhere between mildly racist and just badly conceived. Um, like Tony D'Angelo this week. Uh, what was his comment? Petey Poppins. Like, uh, like, like. I mean, they're basically leaning hard into the ethno stuff. Uh, like, like e- even the Roderick Strong thing is leaning hard into the ethno yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like this company isn't. And Strong and Hayes will prop will be a good match. But like, they're giving you maybe one good match a week on like two on five hours they looked at nxt 1.0 and said man the real selling point here was the great wrestling so you know what we're gonna do in nxt 2.0 we're gonna get rid of the wrestling and just go for the personality and see how that goes and you're just watching this and here's the problem if these guys suck long enough we're never gonna be able to tell when they get good i don't think or when they improve it's it's the uh the ty conti factor you know (laughs) well it's also hard i mean Right now, there's sort of like approach to these guys improving too is, well, we're going to have like AJ Styles or some legend come yeah. down here and basically work with you. Save them. And, and right to that point, like Styles might be high enough to maybe save, save the ratings. That's, yeah, that's what they're trying to whoa. do. Whoa, that's not going to work. That's not yeah. going to work. No, I, I mean. Hey, it's Monday Night Raw's AJ Styles. <laughs> who who has spent the last year as the goober nerd partner to Omos? Yes. Yeah, the incapable older guy. To, I mean, like you you've been giving him such a star presentation here over the last year, um, as a heel. Uh, well, guys, well, I can't wait to see what the heel does on another television show. Just walking down the hall of the performance center one day, and hey, kid! Oh wow, it's Monday Night Raw's Kevin Owens. Yes, another good example, or He's like Seth come Roll- back. You know or, or, Seth, or, or Seth Rollins, all of whom have been presented as mid-card heels. Like, yes, I, I mean, it'd be one thing if you had like the Monday Night Raw or SmackDown equivalent of Negan, right? Like, and you're like, oh, what, what's Negan doing on this new show? Negan's a heel, like not not this season or whatever, but like a they couple kind of had back. that with with Sasha and Bailey. And they yeah. blew it. And they blew it. <laughs> right. L- like you'd actually be interested in seeing, oh, what's Negan going to do on yes. this new show? But like you don't care what like mid card level walking dead guy hey, that's, is that's, doing. That's on. random stormtrooper number 13. What's he oh, doing in this man. Star Wars movie? Loved. <laughs> <laughs> Who, yeah who's like a mid-level military officer in like episode five or six uh yeah <laughs> admiral like, piet from like yeah, uh, uh, yeah, strikes back. yeah right admiral piet oh, man, i can't glad for that follow-up on admiral piet <laughs> yeah oh grand moff tarkin's made a return tarkin yeah, yeah that, that was the name i was looking for i was like yeah get some more tarkin follow-up gotta get that tarkin <laughs> lore in Peter Cushing needs the money, you know. I'm, well, no, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's all a presentation, but uh. Oh, would you like to close up the lazy river? Or do you want to make that it? I, I mean, if you have something, I'll go with it. You know, okay. I actually think of all the people they have who are kind of interesting. Andre Chase seems to be good at this thing. Yes. And <laughs> and he's completely miscast as a heel at this. And point. he's starting to get the this 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 crowd that kind of craves irony is 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 starting to to get over on the tv 
And that's that's what they don't want. They don't want this ironic, detached, cheering for the heel stuff. They want the pure babyface heel dynamic, but they want it to be organic for their baby faces. And what is what is going what they're gravitating to are people who are actually good at the personality part, who can who actually you know sell it and commit to the bit. And Andre Chase commits to his bit, no matter how bad it is. Yeah, and and then outside of that, I mean, uh, this Idris Inofi versus Von <laughs> Wagner feud, I I think is going to help nobody. They've um, already had Von Wagner lose. It, it's not even, yeah, yeah. I, I I just I I see no point. I don't I don't care what Robert Stone's involvement is in this angle, but I don't see Robert Stone helping either. If if it's a swerve and he takes Idris Anofi, it's not going to help Anofi. And if he takes Von Wagner, I don't see it actually helping Von Wagner either. I want to end with a positive. I'm going to go back to uh, okay. I'm going to go back to Dynamite from last Wednesday. That six man with FTR and MJF versus Sting, Darby, and CM Punk. That was fantastic stuff all the way around. MJF and FTR had matching tights. Uh, Punk comes out in, in the surfer Sting makeup and tights, the long black tights. Sting oh, has. And, and of, it was like transitional surfer Sting circa yeah. 95. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. I, I think it was more early because I think I think Darby was kind of doing the pink transitional sting from the early '90s WCW. Well, no, but he, it, well, Punk with the dark hair makes me think of Sting like '96 yeah. no, when Sting you're, had the dark. Oh, you're yeah. not wrong. You're not yeah, wrong yeah. either. I, but uh, yeah, and then Sting with the CM Punk makeup. I mean, Darby killed these three on that. He's gonna he's gonna either take out his shoulder or somebody else's shoulder doing that. Uh, Coffin drop. dive outside man oh oh the dive yeah yeah but sting at the end of this match basically does like a, a, throws mjf over the rope and mjf like almost lands on his head i was worried about the neck thing there and then sting decides to get off the get on the top rope and dive to the outside at the age of 63 the guy's a madman and i love it i love he he's the terry funk of aew he's like middle-aged crazy and nobody's going to tell him no, but I love, you know, it, it, it was FTR are a great base for anybody and MJF are great heels for anybody. I mean, running up the stadium stairs, <laughs> you see CM Punk was a little blown up after that. That's a little bit of a cruel rib to do for a spot, but uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the main event because you were like visiting the family for holidays or anything, go watch the main event of that dynamite. It was spectacular. Nice. And with that, we'll wrap up the show. This has been Shake Them Ropes. I am Crap Game 13 on the old Twitterverse. Chris is at DWATG. That stands for Don't Worry About the Government. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Chris will tell you about Don't Worry About the Government right now. Yeah, not one, but two episodes of Don't Worry About the Government out. An inadvertent two-parter on Joe Manchin and his future. And if you want to hear all about that, don't roll your eyes, Hawkins. You got no facts. You got no logic. I got all the facts. I got all the logic. I have all the all the commentaries, and you can hear them all at DWATG <laughs> on Patreon.com. Well, it was inadvertent. I talked to one person, <laughs> and then I talked to someone else, and they're like, oh, well, I have things to say about that. Okay. So, so, yeah, yeah. So they became an inadvertent, inadvertent two-parter. 
Um, so patreon.com slash DWATG if you want to check that out, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Be safe. New Year's Eve is amateur hour. <laughs>